Hello, hello, hello! It's Samuels vs. Schlanger. We're back. Versus Samuels vs. Schlanger or Samuels vs. Schlanger? I don't know, bro. You're the you're the one that came up with it. I, I, I just I just show up. You do you think it's versus or verse? I mean, it's it's easier to say verse. Samuels vs. Schlanger. Samuels vs. Schlanger. But versus has more like umph to it, and I want us to have umph. You want, you want us to have umph. Do you want me to join you in the umph thing? Cause I don't know if I like the sound of that. I, I did, I did not take it there. You just took that there. I did, I'm, I didn't take it anywhere. You're the one that said you wanted umph, and I'm giving you. Am I giving you umph? Am I giving you enough umph? You're, you're giving me the perfect amount of umph. I, I actually, I have a bone to pick with you, sir. You. You, two episodes in, well, I mean, this is the third episode, two episodes in, though, last episode, you are already wrong. You are wrong, 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 and I'm loving this. This is going to be my new section where I tell you how wrong you are, and I love it because this particular time, it involves my two favorite people on this planet, Divine Ozigbo and Dare Ogunbowale, and yes, I get to start this podcast by saying both of those names. I'm very proud of you. So, so yes, I I made uh, I made a mistake. Well, not a mistake. I m- made a misjudgment. Made a freaking misjudgment. My my oh god, words I can't say. You made way more than a misjudgment you completely forgot that Keyshawn Vaughn was a thing you acted like you said word for word Dare Ogunbowale was definitely going to be on the Bucks and he certainly is not on the Bucks anymore (laughs) yes yes you are right I made a mistake um Keyshawn Vaughn slipped my mind and obviously the Bucks were not going to keep five running backs on their roster they Ronald Jones apparently according to Bruce Arians is their guy that's not true but they're not getting rid of him they're not getting rid of Leonard Fournette who they just got on they're definitely not getting rid of Keyshawn Vaughn who they just drafted and they like LaShawn McCoy and they think LaShawn McCoy has and and four running backs is on I know I am going to interrupt you because LaShawn McCoy having a career hasn't been a thing since 2016, and we'll talk about that maybe in a second. But yes, yeah, fine, throw shade at, at, at a really great running back who has had issues with injury. That's really nice of you. I never said I was nice. Well, point is, my bad. Ogumbawale was not going to make that team. There were not going to be five running backs on that roster. A small mistake. A small, small for you. Somebody might have made draft choices based on your miscarriage of justice. <laughs> That's that is not what a miscarriage of justice is. So, no, sir, you do not get to cut this segment short. This is my segment, and I have not gotten to talk about Divine Ozigbo, who, while he has a beautiful name, unfortunately, he has had some bad luck with his hamstrings. He went on IR. I'm not going to get to say the name Divine Ozigbo very much this season, but the good news is he was replaced by one Dare Ogunbowale. Yes, that is so good. He is going to be 
a non-factor on the Jacksonville Jaguars offense, the poor guy. I mean, he's a pass-catching back when Chris Thompson is going to be the catch-passing back. And he's probably going to have special teams value. Oh, God, I did it, didn't I? Yes, you did. You sure did. You just admitted I was right. I I never said you were right. You said he was special teams guy for Tampa. I'm saying he's... Dare is going to be a special teams guy for Jacksonville, and he's going to provide running back depth. Now I am done. What do you have to say? I just have to say I am psyched. Like, psyched, psyched. You know why? Because football's back. We have the Texans. We have the Chiefs. We have a game. And I'm going to review the fantasy fallout from that game, and then after that, I fear an epidemic is going to strike hard at running backs and wide receivers this year. And it's not COVID-19. Ooh, that was good. That was good. I got chills. That was spooky. Aw, thanks, dude. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought you did a good job with that. Huh. That's really nice of you. I don't even know who you are. I'm just me. All right, let's hit that drop. This is the drop. This is the drop. This is the drop. Samuels versus Schlager. Oh, this is gonna be brutal. Did you just introduce the drop? I, th- I thought you hated it. I do, I do. Uh, I don't know, I got caught up in the moment and I just, I don't know, I just felt it. Like it just came to me. That was, that felt amazing. What is, what is going on with you today? You're like, you're somewhat in a good mood. You're complimenting me. You're introducing the drop that you hate. Like, are you okay? Honestly, bro, I don't know. I think this quarantine's getting to me. Well, considering you're talking to yourself for like 20 minutes straight, I think you're onto something. Yeah, bro. But you know what? You're talking to yourself too. So at least we're in this together. You are darn right, my friend. And you know who else is in it together? The Chiefs and the Texans. Except not really, because the Chiefs the Chiefs were playing like it was week eight, and they had already won seven of their first eight games. And the Texans were playing like it was their first preseason game. Which, if we're going to be looking at these games this coming Sunday, we're, we're probably going to see more of the... Texans than we are the Chiefs. There was a shortened training camp. There were no preseason games. A lot of offenses are still going to be figuring their stuff out. But that doesn't mean we don't have a lot to learn from this game. And let's look at the Texans first, because the Texans were honestly exactly what I expected them to be from a fantasy standpoint. Deshaun Watson scored 20.7 points. David Johnson scored 19.9. Will Fuller scored 19.2. Those are your three offensive producers. Brandon Cooks was hampered by an injury, so he probably, you know, we weren't expecting him to do great. Jordan Akins caught a touchdown pass, their tight end, but he didn't seem to be involved enough to be an intriguing option at tight end consistently. Randall Cobb didn't even get a reception until, I think, the second-to-last useless drive. But this, these are also deceptive numbers. Uh, going into, with like 11.25 left in the fourth quarter, Deshaun Watson only had like six or seven fantasy points. Like, these were garbage-time fantasy points, which is fine. Like, we're fantasy players. We don't care when the points get scored. We just care that they get scored. 
I mean, I consider this whole podcast garbage time, and we're here, we find value in garbage time, so everyone else can. You know, way to look on the bright side of garbage time, Schlanger, you piece of garbage. I love you too, buddy. Oh my god, why did when did we switch roles? Why am I being mean to you? I don't know. You just started doing it. And I don't need that kind of negativity in my life. So you know what? I quit. Uh no no you don't. <laughs> Get sit down in your chair and let's keep talking. Okay. You're you're the one that got off topic and started being mean to me. Since when are you so sensitive? Never mind. Okay. Uh the Houston Texans. Will Fuller is the receiver that you want for as long as he stays healthy. And then it's based on how it looked today, Brandon Cooks is the number two guy. Uh, but they were all struggling. They were uh, Will Fuller had a bad drop. Kenny Stills had a bad drop. They just could not find a rhythm. David Johnson looks like the David Johnson of old. He looked good. That's 19.9 points in a game where they were behind most of the time. It was like I said uh, when we were talking about our value picks. David Johnson is going to look like the David Johnson from the first six games of last year, but this whole year, as long as he stays healthy. And we'll get to the as long as he stays healthy in a bit. Regarding the Chiefs, they were the freaking Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes puts up 20 points. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is everything you wanted in a first-round pick. He puts up 19.8 in his first game ever. And the crazy thing about Clyde Edwards-Alaire, which, which I... It, it tells you how much faith they have in this kid. He had 18 carries when this game was already in the bag. He ended with 23 carries. They just kept running him. He almost got another touchdown after they had already won the game. They have faith that he can be a true workhorse back. And I was I personally was worried. He's a, he's a smaller guy. My one worry about him and the reason why I didn't draft him higher was because I was worried that they wouldn't want to give him a full load. And Daryl Williams was actually involved today, and I think he will continue to be so. But they're not afraid to have Clyde Edwards-Alaire just run between the tackles and, and, and break some jaws, because like he can, and he looked great. Now, the interesting kind of conundrum comes with the receivers. Tyreek Hill put up 15.6 points today. Sammy Watkins put up 21.5. That doesn't seem like a big discrepancy, but Tyreek Hill's day was saved by a short touchdown when they were on, like, their sixth try. Like, they were they were trying to get a touchdown on third down. Texans commit pass interference. They get the ball on the goal line. They try two times, and then finally, on that sixth try, Tyreek Hill gets a short pass from Patrick Mahomes, and he puts up 15.6 points. Without that, he's looking at like an eight-point game, while Sammy Watkins got 21.5. Tyreek Hill owners, I do not want you to get worried about this. Sammy Watkins also blew up in the first game of the season last year. Tyreek Hill is still the guy. I don't think you should panic. He's still Patrick Mahomes' favorite target, except for maybe Kelsey, who put up 17 points today. Travis Kelsey's Travis Kelsey. He's he he caught a touchdown. It is interesting regarding Kelsey because he got most of those points in the first half and then he got really quiet. So, it's Patrick Mahomes. He does spread the ball around. I think Kelsey is the number 1 pass catcher in Kansas City, which is crazy. 
Um, he's going to just be a monster this year. But Tyreek Hill is the wide receiver that you want. So that was the first game from a fantasy perspective. It, it's all in a good way what we expected from these two teams as far as fantasy goes. And obviously the most important thing to come out of this is no injuries to major offensive players. Duke Johnson did leave the game with a leg injury, which actually only adds to David Johnson's value. But we're actually going to dive into injuries in just a minute. That was the spooky thing. That's surprise. It's it's injuries. Oh, man. God, you set that up so well earlier, and you just blew it. Oh, yes. He's back. He's back with the zingers. I'm, I'm good. I'm glad. I'm glad you're out of your slump. Yo, I, I never went into a slump. I don't know what you're talking about. Well... It's good to have you back. We have a live read before. We've got to get to our episode sponsors. And one second. Here, can you pass me that? I can't I can't pass you anything. I, I, oh, no, wait. Okay. All right, I got it right here. Ah, thank you. Are you worried about surviving through a pandemic while stuck in a small apartment with only your significant other and or your parents for literally months at a time? The last thing you want to do is spread the virus to these people closest to you. That's why we love ear masks. It's a widely known, proven fact that the most common way to infect others with COVID-19 is through small puffs of air that escape through your own ears. Forget flimsy fabric. Our ear masks help keep your loved ones safe by plugging your pesky head holes with impenetrable rubber stoppers. Perfect for those close quarters family dinners where your parents might ask you about your political ideologies. Now you can play video games in peace and quiet while your girlfriend asks you to do the dishes. Can't hear you, babe. Too busy protecting you from my COVID ears. The best part is, if you use the promo code SVS, you'll get 20% off your first order of ear masks. Ear masks. Find sanitary sanity. And another big thank you to Ear Masks and, uh, and all of our episode sponsors. Each of you, from refrigerator helpers on to Ear Masks, you all keep us going in the best way possible. Financially? No. I, then, then they don't keep us going the best way possible. They keep us going uh, another way that's not the best way possible. Well, they keep us going spiritually and emotionally. And But we're not here to talk about spirits or emotions. We are here to talk about your fantasy teams and what we can do to help you. And unfortunately... One of the big things we have to deal with every single year in fantasy football is injuries. And of course, let me say a massive disclaimer right now. Injuries are tragic every single time. I do not wish injuries upon any player uh, for, for, for any fantasy-relevant reason. I think people that do are, they're, they're, they're garbage people. They're just, if you wish harm on a on a, on an athlete to try to help your fantasy team, you are not worthy of a fantasy team. I think that's extremely well put, Schlanger. But we as fantasy analysts do have to talk about what happens when players do get injured. And unfortunately looking around at every other major sport, we are in for a slew of injuries to start this season. If you look at baseball, for one, are we about to talk about other sports? Other sports? I can't. 
you can't even say you can't even say it. No, no, I can't. I I'm too excited that you're actually going in on that thing you said that you were going to do, and then you said you weren't going to do, but, but now you're doing it again. <laughs> I I just choked on my saliva. That's the quality content that our listeners subscribed to. So, <laughs> moving on from your saliva, we are going to talk about a couple of these other sports and what happened as they came back. Like, if you look at baseball for for pitchers, in the first like week and a half of their baseball season, there were 39 non-COVID-related pitcher injured list stints. That is 50% higher than any previous opening period. And that was even before, like, Shohei Otani got shelved from from pitching. If you look at soccer at the Bundesliga, uh, there were 12 soft tissue injuries on its first weekend back after their two-month stoppage. And if you look at basketball, I mean, basketball, NBA medical experts from across the, the, the NBA were warning teams that a quick ramp up could lead to an increased number of injuries. And they were right. If you look across the NBA, you had Ben Simmons with a knee injury, Zach Collins with the ankle, uh, Jason Hayward got injured, Russell Westbrook was dealing with a quad. Like, the, the injuries truly just piled up. And you had uh, the, the former Dallas Mavericks team doctor even said to relate this all back. Quote, I think the NFL has a much bigger issue to deal with on soft tissue injuries than the NBA, and that's because you can't simulate football during a pandemic. End quote. These basketball players could have been playing one-on-one. They technically weren't allowed by the league to be playing five-on-five because pandemic. But they could be doing basketball drills, playing one-on-one, playing simulated games, in football, you you physically cannot do that. You cannot in any way replicate a football game. I mean, sometimes I take a piece of paper and fold it until it's a triangle and replicate a football game that way. Does that help? No. No. No, it doesn't help. And it doesn't even contribute to the conversation. All of this being said... Running backs and wide receivers are going to get hit hard by the injury bug with no preseason games and limited contact in training camps. And you don't even have to take my word for it. Like, look at all the guys who have already been injured in in training camps. You have Devontae Parker with a hammy. You have Daryl Henderson with a hammy. Devino Zigbo, oh my boy! My boy is down on the IR with the hamstring problem. Exactly. Mike Evans has a hamstring problem. Kenny Galladay has a hamstring problem. Danny Amendola has a hamstring problem. David Montgomery has a groin problem. Like, this, the injuries this year haven't even, like, the year hasn't even begun and the injuries have already piled up. And injuries suck. Obviously, they suck the most for the player. But as fantasy managers, all of you listening... When your players get injured, that sucks. But the good news is, you have us. That's right, baby. You got Leighton Schlanger at your service, helping you with all of your injury needs. (laughs) Please don't trust Schlanger with any of your injury needs. Go to a, a medical professional. But what we have done is set up a tier list of handcuffs. 
particularly running back handcuffs. So you know who to target if one of your running backs gets injured or if you want to preemptively take somebody off out of the free agent pool for at-risk running backs to get a little bit of an edge if you're expecting, say, Kenyon Drake's foot to bother him after a while. But I think it'll be fun to start from the bottom. Oh, yeah, it is always more fun to start from the bottom. Let's go all the way down. We got four tiers, and I want to start with tier four. And I'm just going to... I'm just going to throw it out there. James Robinson and Chris Thompson with the Jacksonville Jaguars. That situation. None of us know what that running back situation is. So none of us know what the handcuff situation is. Just avoid it. I would agree with that. Um, And honestly, kind of the same with the Detroit Lions. I don't think the Detroit Lions are going to be bad at running the ball. But between DeAndre Swift, Kerryon Johnson, and Adrian Peterson... You got three guys who might split the work evenly, and then even if one of them gets injured, you're still stuck with two, and you don't know which one is going to. It's just, it's a mess. Um, same with uh, <laughs> same with Adrian Peterson's old team, the Washington football team. You have Antonio Gibson as a starter, sure, but we don't even know what he's going to be like. Again, no preseason games. We have no idea. J.D. McKissick might be the passing down back. And Bryce Love is probably the handcuff, but I just do not trust that offense. And then there's the Eagles, and I wish I could help you out more with the Eagles because Miles Sanders already has is dealing with a hamstring injury, and while he might play, it, it'd be good to have some clarity as to, to who you might want as his backups. But there's Corey Clement and Boston Scott, and both of them have been good at different times, plus there's Darren Sproles who's going to be in the mix. Again, it's a committee mess. Like, it's just, it's a mess. And Doug Peterson doesn't care about committees as long as he's winning games. Like, Doug Peterson doesn't care about your fantasy team like we care about your fantasy team. That's right. And because I care about your fantasy team, I'm going to tell you why I have zero stock in Derrick Henry in this uh, injury-riddled COVID season. And that is because he's... His handcuff is in the tier four because is it Sinoris Perry? I I don't know. They drafted a guy who might be their third down back, but like it doesn't sound like there's anyone in Tennessee who can take over even remotely the role like Derrick Henry has. And that rounds out tier four, which brings us to tier three. And tier three are guys... So tier four, I, I'd say don't even bother. Obviously, if you have the starters, the starters can bring you some value. But I wouldn't even bother trying to figure out that handcuff situation. And tier three, probably for deeper leagues, like if you're in a 14-team league, maybe a 12-team league, um, some 12-team leagues, some of these guys will bring value. Like, for instance, uh, David Montgomery, you might want Ryan Nail, especially if David Montgomery goes down. Tariq Cohen cannot handle David Montgomery's workload. Tariq Cohen will always be a third down back. This is why Ryan Nail is the important handcuff in this situation. Um, It's interesting because we talk about Christian McCaffrey in Tier 3 only because Mike Davis, his handcuff, cannot do what Christian McCaffrey 
does. And that's a part of this tier listing. It's not necessarily the best players and their handcuffs who will take over the role, because I have no doubt that Mike Davis will definitely be the lead back in Carolina should McCaffrey go down. He's tier three because he's Mike Davis and he can't do what Christian McCaffrey does. And that team is going to want to do more of what Christian McCaffrey does. Um, Devontae Booker uh, is your, I think he's your handcuff for Josh Jacobs, just like uh, Tariq Cohen. Jalen Richard is a third down back. But Jalen Richard has also shown some some talent at the goal line, so I do think it would be kind of a mixed bag in Vegas if Josh Jacobs were to go down, hence Tier 3. Again, same with Eckler, Justin Jackson, or Josh Kelly. We don't know. With Mixon, Travion Williams will be mixing up with Gio Bernard. Uh, with Todd Gurley, Brian Hill, or Ido Smith, we don't know. David Johnson, had, well, he had two handcuffs, I guess, and that's why he was Tier 3, because you figure the work would be split between Duke Johnson and Buddy Howell. But this is what happens when injuries pile up. With Duke Johnson out of the picture, if David Johnson goes down, that is Buddy Howell's backfield to himself, and I actually think that pushes them up to Tier 2, which we're almost ready for. We just need to get Le'Veon Bell and his handcuffs in. I just don't know. Frank Gore is... I will never doubt Frank Gore in my life, so I want to say Frank Gore is Le'Veon Bell's handcuff. But they just got LaMichael P. Ryan. They really like that kid. Who knows if it would be split between the two of them. And the Jets' offense is not great. So that's why they are stuck in Tier 3. Moving on to Tier 2. Tier 2 is full of running backs who, if you have the running backs on their team, I recommend you get these handcuffs. If you don't have the running backs on their team, you're fine leaving them in the free agent pool. But if you have Chris Carson... You need Carlos Hyde. Run-heavy Seattle offense, Carlos Hyde would jump right into it. Carlos Hyde had a 1,000-yard season last year with the Texans. He would do well if Chris Carson went down. Wayne Gallman, you need him if you own Saquon Barkley because the, the Giants organization even said Wayne Gallman would take on a very heavy role if Saquon were to go down. Now, the Aaron Jones situation is interesting because... Not only do you have Jamal Williams, you now have A.J. Dillon, who they really like. The reason why they are Tier 2, and obviously you don't need both of these players. I think Jamal Williams is the one you want. But the whoever takes over in that offense will be in a run-heavy, probably much to Aaron Rodgers' chagrin run-heavy Packers offense and would be in for a lot of value. For James Conner, you need Benny Snell. Jalen Samuels might mix in with some pass-catching work, but Benny Snell is definitely the clear-cut number two there. And the problem with Melvin Gordon's handcuff is he has standalone value in Philip Lindsay, and there's no way that Philip Lindsay is just sitting in the free agent pool. So if you don't have that one, you might just be SOL if you lose Melvin Gordon. Wait, uh, Leighton, real quick. Uh, uh, Samuels. What does SOL stand for? It, it stands for stuck out of luck. Oh, you even made it rhyme. That was actually great on the spot. I know. 
Oh, thank you. Man, you really are complimentary of me today. I'll be back next week. I'll tell you how terrible you are. Well, speaking of how terrible I am, let's get to tier one. That, that was a terrible transition. See, I told you you're, you're terrible, and you're terrible at transitions. So these tier one handcuffs are guys who, in some 10, in definitely 12-team leagues, I would even recommend having these guys on your bench, even if you don't have the starter. I mean, if their starters go down and some of them have injury risk starters, they could be top 10. I think they are locks to be top 10 running backs, maybe even top five running backs. And these are guys I've talked about a lot before in my belief in handcuffs. You have Tony Pollard for Zeke. Tony Pollard last year, in two of the four games he had more than 10 touches, he scored over 20 fantasy points. For Kamara, you have Latavius Murray. For Dalvin Cook, you have Alexander Madison. For Kenyon Drake, who has a foot problem that is probably better, they're saying it's better, but we'll see. You need Chase Edmonds. And for CEH, for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, you need Daryl Williams, especially after watching Daryl Williams work tonight. They're al- they already have Daryl Williams involved in the offense. If Edwards-Hilaire goes down, Daryl Williams will be an absolute stud. Now, you might have noticed I didn't hit all the running backs. Some running backs aren't really in, like, starter handcuff positions. They're in, like, 1A, 1B situations where the starter and the backup might change throughout the season. So I didn't hit everybody, but I hit these important handcuffs for you. Go out, get them on your bench, because, and I hate to say it, injuries will most likely have a massive effect on this fantasy season. And that's all the time we have today. Already? Only 29 minutes and 47 seconds? We're, we're, we're it? Yeah, 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 I know. Time flies. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you again to Ear Masks. Uh, go find them. They're really helpful. Um, it's been a good day. It's been a good pod. We will, you will hear us. I keep on trying to say you will see us next week. Nobody's seeing us. I know, I know. We can't even see our friends. Um, So why would we be able to see our listeners? Nope. But you will definitely hear us next week. Thanks so much, everyone.